Welcome to Towards Zero, a podcast of the Spotlight Initiative in Papua New Guinea. This series highlights the organisations and individuals across Papua New Guinea working towards a world with zero violence against women and girls. In this episode, we'll be speaking with John Errico from Eastern Highlands Family Voice about how Spotlight is assisting the organisation to support survivors and to expand behaviour change activities to prevent not only GBV, but also tribal violence and other forms of violence within Eastern Highlands Province. Hi, John. Could you introduce us to Eastern Highlands Family Voice and uh, how the organization got started? Eastern Highlands Family Voice was started by a woman uh, called uh, Naomi Yupai. And uh, she was a single mother. And um, she saw the pain and uh, uh, the children and the women go through in, in, the, in the family context. And um, she was working as a welfare officer with the government. Um, but uh, she left to actually start this organization. And um, uh, yeah, from a very small beginning, it has actually grown to uh, be a large organization addressing the issue of uh, gender-based violence and uh, family and sexual violence issues in uh, the province and the country. How would you describe the nature of violence in Eastern Highlands Province and the attitude towards violence? Let me say that um, uh, violence uh, in general itself is a, it's a, a sort of a normalized thing. Um, and um, this happens in every space, um, like um, in, the, in the districts, in the communities, uh, in the villages. Um, mostly because of uh, land issues or sorcery issues. Um, there's a fight between um, families or clans or tribes. Uh, and, and so uh, right, right at the moment now, I think there are several fights uh, in Eastern Highlands. Um, it's uh, ongoing. Um, but um, uh, gender-based violence in particular is uh, it's a, it's a big issue. Um, and um, Family Voice, uh, when it started, it began by addressing those issues, uh, by first of all providing counseling, um, basic counseling to uh, traumatize the uh, survivors. Um, and um, we've been doing that for the last uh, 20 years now. Um, and um, it seems that uh, the numbers are increasing. First, of, first uh, only the women were coming to uh, seek help uh, with family voice, but now more and more men are coming um, because I think because of the um, awareness and uh, the work that we've been doing and other NGOs are doing, uh, women are sort of speaking, speaking uh, with, their, with their feet. They're moving on uh, and leaving their husbands and their children. And so men are now coming to seek uh, help uh, uh, f with us. And so 
Yeah, it's um, uh, gender-based violence is increasing, uh, and it's getting worse. I would say. Um, I think our statistics also shows that uh, uh, it's increasing, and um, um, education doesn't help. It should help. I mean, people people who are educated should uh, should uh, um, display less violence, but uh, it actually uh, is increasing. So there must be some other thing that is uh, uh, that is impacting on on us as a people. Uh, and my guess, my guess at the moment is um, that um, the cash economy, the cash economy uh, is not, is, is adding stress on, on, on life in general. Uh, and people can fight and get angry and all kinds of things uh, with each other uh, on the slightest provocation. Um, just, uh, just recently someone pickpocketed the, uh, Last week, someone pickpocketed a phone, um, and um, uh, this guy went up, went to the shop and bought a knife and just came and chopped him, up, chopped the neck off of the pickpocketer. So it's a. This cash economy is really adding a lot of stress on the people, and like I said, on the slightest provocation, uh, violence uh, occurs, and people are now at this time of the year, people are now looking for school fees everywhere because. The cash economy uh, is, uh, there's only about uh, half a million people employed in the uh, formal, formal sector. And so uh, 7.5, 8 million people are, are subsistence farmers. And people, uh, they're not earning m money enough to actually meet all of their needs. And so um, then they can fight over whatever. Um, so, um, you know, the government, if we are to do something, we need to look at that uh, from the top uh, in terms of addressing uh, employment and education and uh, business opportunity and all, this and all this and all these things should increase the participation of the general population uh, in the economy. Uh, I know the government is trying their best to get everybody involved through the SME uh, strategy, but we need to do more. Um, and the more people are involved in this, and the more um, you know, they, the more money they have, um, I suppose, the more money also brings more problems. But I would I would think that people would then begin to afford um, school fees and uh, fulfill cultural obligations like um, bread price and. Uh, uh, funeral costs and other things and uh, uh, yeah that's that's my thinking but I, I know it's going to take a lot more a lot more to reduce violence in this country um, so yeah I think in general violence is getting bigger you mentioned these stresses and also the origins of the organization in counseling services what could you tell us about mental health in Papua New Guinea and access to mental health services? Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's an area. That's an area of need at the moment. In fact, we thought that uh, when we were hiring staff to come and do counselling, uh, they want people trained, trained counsellors, if you like. And so we wanted to start a 
a course at the University of Goroka uh, to do trauma counseling, uh, a diploma course, uh, and the university was happy. We signed the MOU, and uh, we were going to go into that. Uh, but uh, the funding stopped. Also, it was funding us, and uh, it stopped, so we discontinued the idea because we were picking up uh, guidance teachers to become our counselors, and uh, the content uh, of um, counseling is not really there. Uh, and so we need, yeah, uh, you know, counseling professionals, and we need, you know, it everywhere in this country because of the fact that uh, violence is generalized, we also need counselors to be everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, so that's a, that's a huge need there, uh, right there. Yeah. I think you, University of Papua New Guinea is uh, uh, going into uh, starting uh, counseling. Um, and uh, I think I was part of that when we talked about it, but I don't know whether, I think they, I heard that they, they started already on a diploma course, uh, eventually. Um, moving into a bachelor's course, yeah. What are some of the activities that Eastern Highlands Family Voice does uh, to prevent and to respond to all forms of violence in the province? Um, in terms of um, prevention, um, we um, go into the villages and do uh, awareness and education um, in the communities, in the churches, and uh, at the schools. So we'll go and do awareness uh, at the schools for uh, kids to keep safe. Um, and um, also um, in the communities, we we'll go and talk about uh, violence uh, in, in the home and at churches, we'll go and talk about that as well. So yeah, we go to different places and talk about um, um, violence and all this in, uh, by request. When they request, we go. Um, so that's, um, that's one of the methods. The other method is that um, we, we go on the radio. Um, we have a radio chat program, and we talk about um, issues and, uh, con concerning uh, GBB and uh, general violence uh, on the radio. And, um, uh, we reach out, but we don't have a way of measuring how much, how many people are listening. Um, so, um, at the moment, the um, the uh, radio radio uh, broadcast uh, radio has increased. I think now they've opened it up to the rest of the country, so Krai uh, can actually reach the rest of the country. So um, we're doing that. That's one other method. And um, uh, the other method is um, um, growing um, and uh, establishing CBOs. Um, we train them and teach them the concepts. And um, they go and do the work on the ground uh, for us uh, while we move on to other places. Um, and um, yeah, and um, those are the uh, prevention uh, strategies that we have. Uh, and the uh, response strategy is uh, uh, we have this counseling here uh, at the office. And um, we also are trying to uh, get the stakeholders together so that we can have a referral pathway for survivors uh, when they come 
um, they can come uh, and use a standard, uh, standardized form at a different uh, um, uh, NGO uh, outlet. And um, we, we fill those forms, and we also want to help the uh, provincial government to establish a database uh, so that we fit the data into the um, database and uh, we can generate some statistics uh, to inform the provincial government in terms of what's happening uh, in the province. So that's, um, that's another way uh, of uh, us uh, doing the response, uh, providing counseling, referral pathway, um, and um, um, what else? Um, what we're doing now is uh, there's a program that we have uh, established uh, called uh, Beyond Counseling. Um, we are now getting the uh, women and men and youth uh, who have gone through uh, violence, uh, domestic violence or gender-based violence, and then uh, empowering them. Uh, for example, we train them in terms of uh, cash-generating activities, uh, livelihood skills, uh, and um, we educate them and um, help them to go and 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 the money and empower themselves. Um, they don't have to continue to stay in a uh, in a violent uh, violent relationship. They can move on and live their own life if they want to. That's their own decision. But we empower them. And, and so uh, we go beyond counseling and try to help uh, uh, mothers and survivors to uh, survive. Yeah. So those are some of the things that we're doing. Um, uh, but the violence is, uh, is a huge, huge thing. Uh, it's, a, it's increasing and it's getting bigger. And when we look at the amount of um, activities we are doing is based in localized in small areas. Uh, at the moment, we're working only in four districts, and not in all of the whole district, but in some communities of the districts. So we are not everywhere. So our thinking now is that we are now beginning to think about um, the next strategic phase now. We want to build our capacity, um, because the violence is huge. We need to get, we need to create a, a movement. We want, to, we want to go into the business of creating a movement where we want to establish CBOs on the ground. We bring them together and we teach them the concepts and ideas and uh, train them and help them to go and do their work in their villages, in their communities where they are. Uh, and so that way we think that uh, we can reach out to the whole province and perhaps the whole region if we can do that, we create a, a trans, transformative uh, change movement, if you like, a social movement. That's, I think that's the way we should move towards. And uh, we are thinking about that. Uh, maybe we'll come together during the election period, uh, period and we're going to start thinking about it. But we think that we should be moving in that direction because of the fact that the violence is so huge, so endemic, and so persistent. Uh, we need to do more. And uh, by doing what we're doing now, uh, we can't reach everybody. So now we're thinking we better do something else. So we want to st start maybe like in the, in, in the other districts that we are not uh, present, we can start CBOs. And uh, 
we bring them together, we train them, we send them out, and um, then we work with them, and they do the work over there. And they can become NGOs themselves, and then also grow CBOs. And that way, we're causing ripple effects, and we're moving uh, these concepts and ideas wider and wider, and we think change can take place as we move in that direction uh, across uh, horizontally. Uh, and I suppose we can move uh, that up, yeah, you know, vertically as well. Uh, so that's the way we're thinking at the moment uh, because of the fact that it is huge and the challenge is huge as well. Um, so we need to think differently and uh, adopt different uh, approaches. Um, and what we're doing is good, but we can do better. Yeah. So how has Spotlight supported this work that the organisation does in Eastern Highlands? Well, uh, basically, uh, Spotlight is, is supporting the whole organisation right now. Uh, and so uh, we, we're very, very pleased that um, we, we are one of the partners um, with um, Spotlight. And uh, we hope that we can continue. Um, but um, it has helped us a lot. And um, we have now, uh, in terms of that dream that I was talking about, we have now established uh, six CBOs now. Uh, and we are, we are already starting, if you like. And five of them here in the Eastern Highlands and one in Meden. Uh, and so that idea is uh, probably going to become bigger for us uh, because we see that when we excite people there uh, in the different places, they become excited as well. Uh, and so um, that's something that uh, Spotlight has really uh, strengthened us to move. And I think that we're moving in that direction. And we're working with um, women's group, uh, disabled group, uh, and uh, youth groups. Uh, and so, yeah, we are, we are very excited. Um, we are going to actually uh, register these groups now and uh, we're going to invite the Spotlight to come on and the UN to come and uh, when we launch the uh, CBOs. Um, so yeah, we're excited. And um, I think change, change is possible. Well, you know, people create problems, people can change. Um, so we, we need to continue to be positive in spite of all that is happening. And um, we as a people can rise up and above the problems. And uh, it has happened elsewhere, it can happen here. Uh, and I'm confident that we can do, we can change. And uh, I think we just need to think about how to bring about that change, yeah. Thinking of a future free from violence for the province and for Papua New Guinea, what do you think are the steps that need to be taken in order to achieve that future? I think um, violence, uh, as I said, Personally, I think it's a, it's a, it was it was always a violent society, and uh, the pacification period during the uh, colonial time came, and we were not ready for independence, and we got it too early before we cut off the umbilical cord, if you like, of the of the of the traditional way of living. So we continue to carry that cultural and historical baggage. Um, that we need to shed that. Um, we need to shed that, and um, 
uh, as a country and as a people, we need to come around and think about how we can do that. Um, because um, uh, it's, it's like it's, it's, it's attached to us. And while we want to really change and become uh, part of the modern, modern community, uh, our tradition and culture is holding us back. Uh, so that's the drag on our, our forward movement and we're moving backwards. Uh, and in, in, at times we are stationary, so we will not move, we're not moving forward. Um, so um, this idea of violence is in the, it's in, in the mind. And uh, I don't know how we can change the mind. Um, it's like you said, maybe the counselors, we need to have more counselors in different places too and maybe psychologists uh, to start bringing about change. And um, in fact, we are thinking about the CBO um, approach, but also looking at um, the other method that we're thinking about as an organization is can we go down and have conversations with communities? Why are we violent? What is it that is causing us violent? We need to start asking those questions. And we need to assess where we're coming from. Where, where is violence coming from? Is it coming from outside or is it coming from within? And if it's coming from within, where? If it's coming from outside, from where? And uh, as a country and as a people, we need to start asking these questions. And I think uh, when we ask those deep, serious questions, we can begin to make some uh, changes and we can come together and start talking about it, uh, talking about it more. Uh, I think we think that this is part of life, so let's get on with life. But we're not living the quality of life that we want to without addressing the violence. Uh, we need to address it so that we can have the quality of life that we want. Um, so, yeah, uh, as, a, as a people, we need to start talking about it more. Uh, the more we talk about it, uh, I think the more we will begin to understand uh, where this violence is coming and what we need to do about it. Um, and uh, the other thing that I'd like to see is that if we can put it in the curriculum, because we need to start with the next generation, um, because the current generation is already fixed in their way of thinking and behaving, maybe we should start thinking about um, what we need to do in the very early formative years of the little kid. You know, I mean, like the Japanese. You know, the, in, Jap in Japan, I think the children, they don't go to school for, the, for three years. They just sit down and learn, learn um, uh, etiquette. They, they just learn how to say thank you, um, excuse me, um, please. All these things. I mean, those are the basic things we need to learn. Uh, we need to <laughs> learn those things, and um, we need to do it now for, in 20 years, for this country to be free of violence. Um, if we don't do, if we don't come up with something, I'm, 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 you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about it every day, and I'm saying, oh, what can I do? I'm no, what kind of country will I give to my children and my grandchildren, you know, uh, when I'm gone? And so I'm thinking, we. we I need, to, I need to do something. And so 
what I'm discussing now is what I've been thinking about as a person uh, who has ruined this country. If you like, my generation has ruined this country. And we need to really think about how we can give a better country to our children and our, our uh, grandchildren. Um, we have really um, done disservice to our country. Um, so yeah, uh, we need to come together as a people and start discussing violence. Uh, maybe it should be taught in the classes, uh, in schools as a, as a subject, I don't know. Um, but um, in, the, in, the, in the communities, um, maybe family boys, we, we would like to go inside the community and start having that conversation with the people and just provoking people to start thinking about, um, you know, um, living a good life. Uh, everyone aspires to live a good life, but uh, we can't do that without, uh, without the violence. Um, so, yeah, I think all of us need to come together. We need to have more conferences about or workshops and all these things about violence and, and let's talk about it. Yeah, I think um, a start was the, um, the men's forum. I think, um, I think the UN and the government, they funded that. And I attended that one and because most often violence starts with men. So they brought us together to Port Mosby and I asked, why are you violent? And we start, you know, we start having an inward look and saying, well, why am I violent? And so these are the questions that we need to be asking uh, individually and uh, corporately. So, yeah, I think we can overcome. There is hope. Uh, as, like I said, people create problems, people can change and make, good, make things happen. Good things happen. The Spotlight Initiative in Papua New Guinea continues to support Eastern Highlands Family Voice and other civil society organisations in the Highlands region to prevent and respond to violence against women and girls. The Spotlight Initiative is a global initiative of the United Nations, which has received generous support from the European Union. Its aim is to eliminate all forms of violence against women and girls. In Papua New Guinea, the program is implemented by UN Women, UNDP, UNICEF and UNFPA across 11 provinces. Since 2020, we have been working with civil society, government and the private sector so that all girls and women across Papua New Guinea can realise a life free from violence.